welcome to the Thrive Podcast. I'm Kathleen Drennan, corporate executive turned creative entrepreneur. In this podcast, I'll share all we've learned about marketing, money, and managing your mindset. I'll provide you with the tools and templates you can use today to grow your business and move one step closer to creating your best life. Ladies, you got this. Good morning, friends. How are you? I am doing very well because today is Monday, 28th of January, 2018, and the shop is not open today because today is the day where we are observing Australia Day. And for those of you who are overseas, Australia Day is a little bit like Independence Day or Canada Day. But in recent years, it has very much come under the spotlight in terms of what it actually means to our relationships with the Indigenous people. And on paper, it's supposed to be a celebration of when the first fleet landed in Australia. But then in reality, it also means it's when the white people took over. (laughs) So there's a lot of baggage around it and a lot of tension and good conversation coming out of it I think so a lot of awareness and interest and lots of people are speaking up about their point of view on what the day actually means so that's the thing Um, but more importantly and very selfishly it is about it is not about it is my day to not have to worry about taking care of a shop which is very exciting so it's like a day off So I'm doing the things that I want to do today. I made a flower arrangement this morning that I did not love, but I made it, and I did it, and put some music on, and thought of all of my Ponderosa and Time workshop friends. So that was absolutely worth the time and energy. And how are you? What's going on? How are you feeling? We are a couple weeks away from Valentine's Day, and I hope you guys listened to that podcast, give you some tips and tricks for how to get through Valentine's Day. Um, I'm excited for it to come and go. (laughs) And that's what's on my mind at the minute. I have heard from so many of you guys recently about how useful these podcasts have been, and I am so grateful for you to say thank you and to reach out and say that. Um, I don't know, it's a very interesting, exciting journey, and I am absolutely loving it, absolutely loving it, and very much embracing this notion of, I haven't got it all figured out, but with each week that goes by, every day that goes by, I kind of step outside my comfort zone one little step further, and it's an interesting concept how your comfort zone becomes a little bit different, if that makes any sense. So what used to be your comfort zone a year ago and when I look back now even a month ago it's a bit crazy but it is possible people it is so possible how exciting anyway on to today's topic I thought I would talk a little bit about the question of should I become a floral designer and we have a lot of people who come into the shop and say wow, I would love to play with flowers all day. And in my head, I think, so would I. (laughs) That sounds fun. That sounds like a good time to stand around and play with flowers all day. And I think on the outside of it, that's what a lot of 
people think the job is, you know, and just standing around and playing with flowers. When in actual fact, those of us who have been in the industry for, for a while know that it is significantly more than that. Um, and I recently watched a video by Elizabeth Gilbert, who jumped into, I guess, the public eye when she wrote Eat, Pray, Love. But she also wrote a book called Big Magic. Um, and I have it sitting in front of me. And what does she said the sub subtitle is? Creative Living Beyond Fear. So it's a very easy read. It's a very quick read. I highly recommend that you grab a copy, download it on Audible, go to the library and grab a copy. It's absolutely worth the read. And I think one of the things that it kind of opened my eyes to is when I was back in my little baby days of working in advertising, we used to have annual performance reviews, which used to make us shit our fur pants. Because <laughs> nobody wants to sit down and reflect and talk to people about what they think they're good and bad at. Mm -mm, nobody wants to spend any time doing that. So they weren't necessarily all that valuable all the time, but I do vividly remember when I was working back in Vancouver, one of the questions on our performance review was something like define your creative thinking or how creative would you consider yourself to be? And at the time I used to work in client service, which if you've ever been in an advertising agency, it feels a little bit like the lowest rung on the totem pole because you are not the actual creative person and you're not even the person that produces anything. So you're kind of made to feel or you project your own baggage to feel that you're the lowest rung on the ladder. And I remember talking to my boss at the time going, I don't think I'm creative at all. I just, it just isn't a thing. And she told me, so clearly she told me, expand your definition of creativity and the way that you solve problems, the way that you present material, the way that you communicate, all of that actually takes the human capacity for creativity and you need to change your thinking about being a creative. And that was about 15 years ago that she told me that. And now I work in the midst of what is a absurdly creative industry and get to be creative what feels like all day, every day. Even in this journey of becoming a podcaster and evolving how I spend my time and looking at how we're using Instagram and how I string words together, it all takes creativity. So that's a little bit of a babble on as usual, but highly recommend sitting down and reading the book Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert and it talks about how you can bring about, can channel, can uh, tap into creativity and what it means to be a creative. So that's the thing. But the whole point, what I wanted to say was there was a video that Elizabeth Gilbert did where she talked about the difference between a hobby, a job, a career and a vocation. And I thought this would be a very good place to start when answering the question, should I become a floral designer? So Elizabeth Gilbert talks about a hobby. So a hobby is something that we do that's purely for pleasure, brings pure satisfaction. It is all about the joy that it brings you as an individual. So hobbies, people might cook, they might read, they might paint, they might draw, they might interior design, they might play with flowers, they might go running, 
They might share dog photos. They might scrapbook. I don't know. There's so many different things that you can consider a hobby, but it is a thing that you do, an activity that you do that is purely for pleasure that brings you pure satisfaction. Two, a job. So Elizabeth Gilbert says that a job is purely meant to pay the bills, that we live in a material world and it's all about being able to satisfy and take care of yourself. Put a roof over your head, pay the rent, wear a pair of shoes, put gas in the car, go buy groceries. Anything that you need to do to live the life that you need to live purely out of, mostly out of need, less out of want, but it is a job, it is meant to pay the bills. And I think one of the things my father taught me when I was very young was, I don't care what you do with your life, you just need to make enough money to be self-sufficient. You are not going to wait around for somebody to come save you. You're not going to wait around for a sugar daddy. This is my lesson to you in terms of becoming an adult and a responsible adult. And particularly in a day and age, I think my parents grew up in a time where it was, you know, the inequality between men and women. The peak of the women's movement and the hippie days of the 70s and early 80s. And one of the things my dad said to me was, you need to find a job that allows you to become independent, to make enough money to pay the rent, put a roof over your head, and buy the groceries. He's like, I don't care what you do with your time, but that's just the responsible adult human thing you need to do. So Elizabeth Gilbert talks about your job as being something that's purely just about paying the bills. And she very rightly points out that it's overlap with creating art is likely zero. Zilch. A job is something you go to where you might show up, hopefully on time, you do a job, you do a job to the best of your ability, you get paid money, and then you come home. It is absolutely possible to have a job that you despise, a job that you hate, a job that you're going, oh my god, why am I here? I would hope that you would have the gumption to find a separate job that gives you a little bit of personal satisfaction, but is absolutely possible to have a job that you hate. So that's okay. A career, on the other hand, is a job that you are passionate about. It is something that you enjoy doing, and most likely you put in more energy and effort and passion than you actually get paid for it. I would say, and Elizabeth Gilbert would say, if you're in a career that you cannot stand, then that is a fundamental problem. And that you can absolutely love your career. And you can have a totally different career that has nothing to do with floral design and have floral design as a hobby. And I'm sure you're sitting here thinking, yes, but Kathleen, what if I want to pursue floral design as a career? Fair enough. Absolutely fair enough. And it's a good question. But the one thing I will say to you is, well, I'll probably say about three things, but two things to have in mind. The first one is, remember back to when I said that your hobby is purely for pleasure and it's for pure satisfaction. That is the definition of standing around and playing with flowers. And you're doing it for yourself. You're doing it for the joy of playing with flowers. And you get to admire the subtle changes in the color palette on a flower. You get to admire where all the flowers come from. You get to choose whichever flowers you want to choose to make a thing that you want to make. The biggest mental hurdle to overcome 
in terms of becoming a floral designer is that you are now designing for somebody else. You are being commissioned by somebody else to make a thing. You are bringing to the table expertise and experience and qualifications, but you are making that thing for somebody else. I would hope that if you're choosing it as a job or a career, that you will get some joy out of it at the time. But you need to remember if you choose to pursue floral design as a career or a job, as something you're going to get paid to do, you are then being commissioned by somebody else to make things. And in terms of choosing floral design as a career, there are probably two main pathways to take. And one is you will become employed by somebody else. The second is that you create your own business and you are working for yourself. In other words, you're becoming an entrepreneur. And there are so many people that I run into who assume that the only way to be a successful floral designer is to then start to work for yourself. And it is definitely not the only way. 100% not the only way. You can find a very satisfying career in working for other people. You can go get a permanent job at one of the larger wedding and events companies at a large retail shop. You could become a freelancer and work with lots of different smaller boutique um, wedding and event designers. You could become somebody who simply is a bit more of a multifaceted freelancer is probably what I'd say. And you might switch from going to work a couple days a week in a retail shop. You might go work for some of the big wedding and event companies on the weekend. You might go work for an independent. You can get so much experience and so much joy out of working for somebody else as a floral designer. Don't assume that you have to go into business for yourself. And I think particularly when you're looking at the world of Instagram, that that seems to be the way that everybody thinks that they need to go. But truly, there is no there is no right way. Nuh-uh. Mm-mm. No right way. You can do it yourself. <laughs> and I think the other thing to keep in mind, too, is that there are so many different avenues within the umbrella of floristry that I think as soon as somebody goes to Pinterest or they go to Instagram and they look up floristry, they see, you know, a beautiful young female in a beautiful curated floral design studio they see beautiful wedding bouquets or they see beautiful pictures of fields of flowers and kind of think well the most popular things to do are to create your own studio to become a wedding and event florist and then to grow your own flowers but i tell you what there are so many other avenues within floristry because you could actually become like yes you could become a grower of flowers and you actually then supply those flowers to floral designers in your area you could become a wedding events floral designer you could choose that what you wanted to do was actually keep floristry as a little bit more of a hobby and actually enter in the national and the regional competitions and believe me, people do that. <laughs> it's a thing. It's a legit thing. You could go work in a retail shop. You could create your own pop-up shops. You could, you know, spin off and become a creator of terrariums. You could become a creator of plant arrangements. You could grow plants. You could create planters and sell them. So many things that you could be doing. 
you could get into the world of dried arrangements. You could play with silk and artificial flowers. You could specialize in funerals and memorials. You could specialize in doing corporate arrangements for some of the big hotels. There are so many different avenues to pursue. But one of the things you need to remember is whether you want to be your own boss, to be in charge of your business and to do all the business things, or whether you want to go work for somebody else. And I tell you what, this whole being your own boss thing is hard work. And I think, this is me projecting my baggage, but I think so many people assume, oh, I'm going to become a floral designer. And they start a feed on Instagram of pretty pictures, and they think that it's all just going to sort itself out. People are going to come crawling to them around how much, you know, oh, I want to book you in for my wedding. Can you do this for me? Can you do my friend's birthday, etc., etc.? And you're going to be bombarded with new leads and inquiries. And that is not the truth. And I should actually say, even if you are bombarded with leads and clients and requests, you may not want to do any of that work. (laughs) They may be asking you to possibly not pay you enough or anything to do this work. The style of what they're looking for may not be what you want to spend your time doing. All the things. It is, there's this whole world of having to try to figure out the business side of flowers that I don't think many people are talking about except me <laughs> myself and I and it's my thing it's totally become my thing and talking to you guys about how to establish a business and grow a business manage your business and remind you and myself at the same time that we are in charge of this business we get to decide what we do and don't do but you also have to weigh that up when you're in charge of your own business and you are the entrepreneur in terms of making sure you're bringing in enough money to pay your bills as well as give yourself a salary or an income to then live off of. So it's a big ask in terms of trying to make sure you're generating enough work for yourself to pay all of your bills as well as ensure that you're making a weekly salary to then pay for petrol in your car and your gas and your electricity and your rent and food for the cat and food for the dog and hopefully a new pair of shoes and when the time comes a new pair of underwear. All very important things. But there is so little time spent on talking about the business and the marketing side of things in I think within the industry I think even when you go and freelance with people, even when you're going to work for somebody in a retail space, the thing, the piece of the puzzle that always seems to be missing is, oh yeah, you need to learn about how to manage a business, how to grow a business, how to sustain a business, how to efficiently drive a business. None of those things are ever talked about. And I feel like even I look back now on the certification that I did five, four years ago, four, five years ago, four years ago. And I feel like they talked about business for 15 minutes. And I come from a very fortunate place where I used to work in advertising and marketing and wear the big fancy shoes and the dark suits and get my hair done, my nails did, and my spray tan on. All the things. I used to do all the things. And I used to work in those big corporate jobs. And now I get to take all of that corporate experience and translate it into an itty-bitty little flower business. But I'm also realizing that Nobody else is talking about these things. Nobody else is even thinking, oh, I want to become a floral designer and I want to work for myself. 
oh right, so I need to learn all the things about business. It's not easy, guys. It is so not easy, but it is so possible. It is so possible to create a business that you actually want to work in and work for and work with. And one of the best benefits of being your own boss is you get to change your mind. You get to try things on and you get to say, ooh, man, I kind of thought that might be a bit more fulfilling. Ooh, I kind of thought more people might be interested in that. Ooh, I kind of thought I would be happy to give up my Saturday afternoon to do that. And maybe you do it a couple times and you realize, nah, no longer. No, thank you. No, thank you. Do I want to do that? (laughs) So if you want to take the leap and become a floral designer, one of the things you need to become comfortable with is learning about and thinking about business and money and marketing. And you need to figure out all the things related to business and you need to figure out how much money you need to make in the course of a year to live the life you want to live. You need to figure out all the marketing things. You need to be happy spending time putting the pieces of the puzzle together in terms of building your website, figuring out how to grow your following on Instagram, figuring out how to get your followers on Instagram to become actual clients, figuring out how to build a relationship with clients over email or over the phone and not being able to sit down with them face to face and have a conversation and get them win them over with your charm and admiration and love and experience and knowledge. So one question you do need to ask yourself in terms of I want to become a floral designer is am I okay spending time figuring those things out or Would I be happier working for somebody else and having them hopefully teach me some of those things? So you might decide to go down this path and follow your curiosity around becoming a floral designer. And there's two, I'd say, fairly distinct paths that you could take and neither of them are wrong. Mm -mm. Neither of them are wrong at all. In Australia, there is a trade certification for florists and they have four, three different levels, I think. Um, So you can actually go to school and get certified to become a floral designer. And that course for most people runs over, I think, 10 or 12 months. It costs anywhere between, I don't know, what, $3,000 and $10,000, depending on who you do it with. And you will walk out of that course knowing a whole lot more than when you walked into it. And that course is geared much more towards people who want to work in a retail environment, people who need to know, you know, the intricate ins and outs of funeral work and wiring and how to make, you know, bunches for customers that walk in the door. They do spend some time talking about weddings and events, but I think it was two days out of the whole session. Um, But even scarier than that, they talk about the money and the business side of things even less. So that's just something to keep in mind, is I am a graduate of that certification program and I am grateful that I did it. But an alternative path, which I know a lot of people are following, is to go down a bit more of a, if I'm going to spend $10,000 on my education, I'm going to spend it in a bit of a different way and sign up for intensive workshops with floral designers who they love. So a lot of the, I guess, big Instagram famous people in Australia put on weekend workshops that are great, really, really, really good. 
been to a couple of them myself and highly recommend them. Um, or you can always travel overseas. You can go to, I know a lot of the girls in America put on some amazing workshops and or they'll travel over to Europe. So what you could do is instead of following the formal certification route, is if we know that that's going to cost between eight and ten thousand dollars, is save yourself eight to ten thousand dollars, put it in a separate bank account, and figure out how you want to spend that money. The first thing I would do is definitely encourage you to sign up for a weekend or a week long intensive with your all time favorite floral designer. Save up the money and do it properly. And just go for it because you're going to then be surrounded by people who you get to stay connected to for the rest of your floral career. You get to meet the people that you absolutely admire and love. And the quality of those workshops that they put on is amazing. Amazing. So definitely spend a big chunk of money on that. The second thing I would say is give yourself a budget for playing with flowers for yourself. And learn how to put you know, specific designs together, learn how to wire, go on YouTube and search people's videos about, you know, everybody, I think you can even learn how to make a buttonhole, you can learn how to make corsages and flower crowns, all the things. Spend some time, get yourself the supplies and play around a little bit. And it's not always going to work, but we all just learned this stuff out of trial and error. We had a teacher and here we are. So definitely give yourself a budget for playing with flowers and make the commitment to do that every single week. I don't know, pretend like you have a class on that runs from Thursday from 10 till 12 and write out your little agenda and say, this is what I'm going to figure out today and just play around. Just play around and give yourself permission to play around. And eventually over time, you'll figure out the flowers that you love working with, flowers that you're not so in love with, colors that you're obsessed with. And the beautiful thing is you'll notice that your taste and designs change over time. And that's the magic of it. It's ever evolving. Every week it's a little bit different. And try something else. And you might not like it. And nobody ever needs to see it. And that's perfect. It's amazing. And then the third thing I would do is if you're going to go down the that path of kind of becoming self-taught is find some established florists who you want to work with. So they might own a retail business, they might own a wedding and events business, they might own something in between. But find these people who are in your area or people who you're willing to travel in the car to for an hour or so and say, I want to come down and do a day of work experience with you, please and thank you. And from there, even just say, if you ever need another pair of hands to come help on an event, to come help on busy times, let me know. And build a relationship with these people because that's so valuable. And find the people that you really want to work with and work for and invest the time in those relationships. Yeah? Easy peasy. So don't feel that you have to go down the certification route. I am forever grateful that I did. I have met two beautiful people who I am still in touch with, who I still love, purely because of that process. I still have my book of all the things that we learned, and there's no way that we could have taken over a very busy flower shop if I hadn't learned all the very traditional ways of doing things. And that's just my story and I love it and I'm so grateful but I also look at those girls on Instagram who I know just spent hours and hours and hours and hours 
practicing, setting themselves up in a little corner in a little bit of their house, going to the fruit and veg shop and paying 50 bucks for a bunch of flowers and playing around and making a lot of things that they hated. So many things. I can only imagine. (laughs) So many things that they're grateful that don't sit at the top of their Instagram anymore. But it's totally fine. This is all part of the experience, right? And it's whatever suits you. And I also highly recommend paying the money to go to the workshops that are at the top of your list. Definitely. 100%. And what else have I got to say about this? So, let's recap a little bit, shall we? Elizabeth Gilbert, Big Magic. Read it. If you want to pursue floristry, floral design, remember as soon as you turn it into a job or a career that you are all of a sudden making designs for somebody else. It's just something to think about. You can always, always take up floral design as a hobby. Keep it as purely for pleasure, pure satisfaction, self-fulfillment, creative exploration, It is something that you can do. It doesn't need to be a job. It doesn't need to be a career. It can always stay a hobby. I would also just interject here and say if you do choose to jump into the world of floral design as a job or a career, to continue to make time every week to maintain floral design as a hobby for yourself. To play with flowers that you may never want to give to anybody, you may never want to take a photograph of, but just something to make for yourself. Turn the timer on, put some music on, grab some incense, 30 minutes, make something for yourself, bingo bongo. If you do want to become a floral designer, remember you can always go get a job and turn it into a career working for other people. You do not necessarily have to become an entrepreneur and battle all of the challenges of managing and building your own business. But if you are the type of person who loves learning, loves pushing yourself, is happy to start thinking more about business, wants to learn and take control of their own money situation, wants to push themselves so far out of their comfort zone that I would 100% and encourage you to explore the idea of creating your own floral design business. And then finally, how do I get started in floristry? So you could either take the path of formal qualification and certification, or you could take an alternative path. I would recommend you set yourself a budget, sign yourself up for a workshop or two from the big name workshop people, floral designers that you love. Spend the money, absolutely spend the money. Give yourself a budget for playing with flowers every week. Set yourself a time for playing with flowers every week and explore and try it out. And definitely reach out and make connections within the industry to connect with those people who you want to work with and start building your career and your portfolio, working with other people, freelancing for other people, working in their shops, helping them out with workshops, I don't know, whatever it is. Anything you can do to get more exposure to the industry and understand what it's really like on the inside. And I think those are all of my thoughts for today. I do hope that helps. 
I would so absolutely love to hear from you guys. If you have any questions, don't forget you can go to thrivepodcast.co and submit your question there. Um, If you are listening to this anywhere in the world, would love it if you took a screen grab and tagged where you are because I'm getting so excited to see how many people from around the world are listening to this. It's just, I don't know, it's rocking my world, people. It is rocking my world. And don't forget too that every week now we have started our Instagram lives, which are happening at 10 p.m. Wednesday. If you're in the UK, it is 2 p.m. if you're on the West Coast of North America, or 5 p.m. if you're on the East Coast. And it is 9 a.m. on Thursday if you're in, I should say, on the East Coast of Australia. And if you can't come to Instagram Live, definitely send me a message on Instagram. I am at littlebirdbloom. Send me a DM and I will do my best to address your question. And I also then take the recording and put it on the podcast subscription. So that's exciting. Anyway, would so love to hear from you guys. I hope you have a beautiful day. Beautiful day. And take care of yourself. Make some time for yourself today. Grab a cup of tea, sit down, stare out the window, turn on a good track or two and just be. Okay. I love you guys and I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. And if you can't come to Instagram Live, definitely send me a message on Instagram. I am at littlebirdbloom. Send me a DM and I will do my best to address your question. And I also then take the recording and put it on the podcast subscription. So that's exciting. Anyway, would so love to hear from you guys. I hope you have a beautiful day. Beautiful day. And take care of yourself. Make some time for yourself today. Grab a cup of tea, sit down, stare out the window, turn on a good track or two and just be okay i love you guys and i'll talk to you soon bye for now